Welcome to the Cosmic Brew Show! Yeah. What is up, brother? Cause is that um? What's that? What's, what's, what was that? That was that was somebody I know and love from my childhood. Is that um? <laughs> it was kind of my uh, fake. Uh, it was kind of a very haphazard uh, Louis Armstrong, I think. Ah, uh, okay. I wouldn't have gone there. I was going somewhere more like the Muppets or something. <laughs> who, who who in the Muppet world sounds like that? Was it one of those? Uh, was it um, not an animal? Was, was the it drummer. like the trash can? <laughs> what was the trash can guy? The Grouch. It's Grouch. Isn't he Sesame Street? That's right. Yeah, Sesame Street. Well, That's or Jay. Louis Armstrong. <laughs> or, or, or Louis Armstrong. Or the great yeah. Louis Armstrong. One <laughs> or the other. What's up, everybody? It's been about uh, two weeks since we've done a show. Hope you all have been well. Uh, thank you to our sponsors, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee, saving me. You know, I didn't sleep much yesterday. It was uh, yeah. a long, long day of uh, basketball-related work. Um, we're, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here in the NBA. Yeah. It's yeah, how, about uh, that, how about that game last night? That was a playoff game for oh, sure. Oh, man, that was a just a – you know, it's funny too because, like, I flinch now when I turn on TNT because I think it could possibly be players only, even though it's Thursday. <laughs> <laughs> you don't think that's the best uh, game calling you've ever seen? You know, when it's your profession to cover the NBA and you don't want to turn the channel to the flagship station of the NBA, maybe somebody made a bad decision somewhere along the line. Just saying. I, um, I And I always, <laughs> like, well, how? How do they do that? I go in with, uh, I think I go in with different expectations on players only. No. Like, I definitely... And if we go in like thinking more about like they're just going to be talking about random stories and not really looking for any like good, you know, basketball coverage, you know, I think I think once in a I think like if you if you watch it when there are certain situations pop up and they and then they can tell a story of them in that exact situation, sometimes those are really, really good. But as far as just a game. I mean, it's yeah, it's not the best. <laughs> it, it, it's it's. I think it's maximized the the pain potential of this because like certain guys have just like I think it's Chris Weber actually. Let me just cut to the chase. I think it's Chris Weber. Something happened to him where he was by by many considered one of the up and coming um, number two seats. In yeah, he was he was good. Yeah, he was really. Good. And now he's sort of like I just can't understand anything he's saying. At all, like yeah. he goes from story to idea to something else, and like I'm just not on the right drugs or something. <laughs> like, he, he used to be really good. I think he, I think he's got a little comfortable. I think he's watching less basketball, and I think he's not preparing like he was at first. I think he's like he's he's just a little too comfortable now, and he's just kind of freewheeling it. Um, like as opposed to like Jalen Rose. Remember his first year two he was terrible you know in the studio and stuff now he's now he's legit you know um people don't i don't think they understand how hard it is to cover the nba like it's yeah. to to stay up on 30 teams and you know um and i even get hit with this a little bit when um you know taking care of the business side of hoop ball i can't do 24 hours a day if i've got you know to sleep obviously and then do other things so right. you, it just it gets taken out of your bucket and 30 teams it's just a lot so now if you're a tv this is why the kind of the tv and um you know multimedia folks have always struggled in my opinion is you've got to prepare you got to do all the production meetings you got to you know basically sort of do the live the life of a you know a traveling media person so all those things start to add up, and you just don't have time to be connected to the analysis, which, you know, that's sort of like when you're a fantasy analyst, that's all you do. So that's why I've always said I'll trust people that have kind of fantasy or gaming as the backbone of what they do over somebody on TV, you know, <laughs> who's just reading a couple people or, or catching some headlines every once in a while. Totally. And that's like what... You saw Did you see how... Uh... Did you see how Stephen Smith messed up again a couple weeks ago? Oh no! What did he? <laughs> football, like the uh, the Ohio State quarterback, he was like, oh, you know, and, and he's, you know, for those who don't know, he's an African American quarterback. So I think, you know, Stephen A. Smith didn't watch a lot of Ohio State, 
and just like made the stupid assumption because he's a, a African American quarterback that he ran a lot. So he's like, you know, they were talking about. It, like, he's like, yeah, you know, Haskins is good, but you know, I want somebody who's going to stand in the pocket more. And then they showed like his stats is like he only ran on like twelve percent of the plays, like of the snaps. Like he is like a traditional Tom Brady stand in the pocket and throw the ball quarterback. And of course, you know, Stephen A. Smith, and, and it's like. He's so bold with, you know how Stephen A. Smith is. So he's so like, he's so like authoritative with his comments. And it's like, dude, you clearly have never watched this guy. Play that's, but that's um, what happened. That's You're kind of the, the other that's, thing that's uh, interesting in sports and how it's covered is like, you have, you, the, like, you almost have to just be that bold to kind of like stand <laughs> out in that sort of yeah, a medium. Yeah. So they, they, so they get trained into it, you know, by, if you're not that way, you can't really get through the noise. So you right. just become Stephen A. Smith, who actually, I met him in golden state. It's pretty cool cat. So, I mean, you know, a lot of people like to, to dump on him, but uh, he's a cool cat. I think, I think actually, and that's kind of how he stayed relevant through the, uh, you know, the years, you know, whereas like Skip Bayless is sort of, you know, Skip Bayless and, and, and really has a cavalcade of people who don't like him. It's right. uh, Stephen A., you know, if you talk to people around the league there, you know, a lot of people still have a lot of respect for him. Anyway, not to go meandering off into whatever the hell it was we were just talking about. We got a big-ass show here. We got the mm. Lakers just laking it up, doing, <laughs> laking it up. doing yeah. whatever it is that the Lakers do. The mafia would say the Lakers are on the, at the bottom of the lake with uh, the concrete boots on. <laughs> I think this story is hilarious because it's got so many angles. We're going to talk some Lakers. We're going to talk Gordon, as you put in the text, Gordon Haywire. So I don't know if you were kicking a few back last night, cause, but I like that name for him. I know that that's that damn auto correct, but I, I like that too. That's a good one. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, like so Haywired. Correct is finally use, useful for. <laughs> yeah, autocorrect has made many a mistakes in the past. Has a, uh, a a reputation it needs to clean up. Um, he's playing well, and yeah. they've got a weird kind of thing going on. We've covered that a little bit on the show. Um, you know, so the dynamic in Boston, and and can they be back up? A lot of people are picking them bucks as their trendy sort of hot team going into the playoffs, and then uh, Houston, Houston. They're back, yeah. Sort of. They're back. I mean, sort of. I don't know that they ever left, but uh, but they're back, and the Warriors are the Warriors, and and it's just like a we got a lot of stuff to talk about. So let's jump right in. Let's talk about the Lakers. Um, you know, LeBron passed Michael Jordan for points, for mm-hmm. points, and it was so classic LeBron. You know, there's a situation where the team appears to be tanking. I mean, like I, I think people who are saying this have a legitimate thing that they can say. Um, and that's really the biggest footnote on LeBron's career is when things don't go well for him, when he doesn't like a situation, he disappears. And so um, they've got that happening, but you, you just have this sort of circus going on. I mean, Rondo, like just, <laughs> I mean, Rondo, what the Rondo? Rondo, man. Rondo's I, got a Rondo. Like I thought, if I thought last night was like the the nail in the coffin for anybody that says that Rondo is this high IQ basketball player that can um, you know be this you know teaching force for young people and you know is going to bring the the team together, all this stuff. Like the dude is how old? Thirty two ish, something like that. Like that, I would say. And and you're sitting off to the side. Uh, I, I mean, like, do we understand the purpose of that even yet? No, he was just frustrated with something. I'm assuming. You know, who knows that that whole thing? Like, and they they've been saying that he's been a good leader for them, and, and I'm sure there are things that I'm sure as far as the keeping your body, you know, I'm sure like he could teach guys about that kind of stuff of keeping your body right through the grind. I mean, he's always lean and ready to go. And, but like, you know, he's got a basketball IQ, like, like LeBron. It's, it's, it's a basketball IQ that is functional 
playing in one way. They can't fit in the systems, and they what they want to do kind of trumps everything. And so at times you can't maximize the best play of all of your teammates if it's not something that's going to be a positive effect on his game. So this idea that Rondo is this like, you know, light years ahead intelligence wise is one of the most overstated and just false, <laughs> you know, <laughs> narratives that is it's around the league. Yeah, I think you might have. I wish that we probably have to like write that down or something and, and crystallize that for everybody. Because, I mean, it's it's true of both of them, Rondo and LeBron. And this discussion about whether LeBron is better than Jordan, you know, I, I, I'm i not going to say that it's not a discussion. I mean, I think there's a discussion there. Right. Um, but, like, there is, like, the, the cult of LeBron in the current NBA media sphere that I just don't, I just don't understand it. Like, I think, is it like the prisoner of now thing? You know, the recency bias? Like, sure. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, that's a big part of it. I mean, like, you know, you, I don't know why, how, how he jumped all these guys, I guess is my yeah, issue. Thank you. Yeah, exactly. Like why, why do we go right how, to Jordan and have it there? Yeah. I mean, like, you know, Say what you want to. And yes, he had, I mean, Kareem had much more talented teams in Los Angeles, but he won one with basically Oscar Roberts and a bunch of, when he was in his second year and a bunch of kind of, you know, no names in Milwaukee in the seventies. And, you know, when his last year in the league, when Magic Johnson got hurt in the NBA finals and Byron Scott was hurt at 41 years old, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and they got swept, but he put up 23 points a game you know, in those four games at 41 years old, he's got, you know, like seven MVPs, you know, six rings. I, I don't, you know, I don't know how, and, and if you have an argument that LeBron's better than him, that's fine. But this, but it's, it's an argument. It's not a, it's not a like foregone conclusion that LeBron James is a better player than Kareem or, or Shaq for that matter. You know, they, you know, they have equal amount of rings or Shaq has more rings than him, you know? So I, here's the thing about all these arguments that like i kind of come backing into where it's like when Shaq was on the floor like the just the entire court tilted towards him and you just you felt helpless constantly you know it just watching him if you're a fan of another team or if you're just watching it you just like this sort of helplessness of 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 everybody in the game you know you just like how how are they how are they going to get through this they're not you know he's just going to keep doing what he's doing and there's nothing you can do about it i've never felt that with lebron like i mean mean, he he you know he'll have his runs and there's you know he'll there are times when he can do but it's certainly not as you know, consistent, and it's and it, and then sometimes, you know, you've talked a lot about you know how in how in, you know, that Dallas series, how Carlisle put JJ Barea on him. I mean, that is that to me. That's the death blow in almost any death, of these arguments. I mean, who who what coach ever goes like I have some really capable defenders. I'm gonna put one of my worst defenders who has a horrible disadvantage in size on their best player because I don't think that their best player really understands offensive. JJ Barea has like, he's like the least NBA looking player that there ever has been. And, and, and he gets it there and he gets it with his wife as well. Who's a uh, former Miss universe. Like this guy, I I want to say he can't win, but you know, he's obviously just won a whole lot. (laughs) But Like that's the guy. That that basically yeah. stopped LeBron, and and so it's this mental, and it was mental. It wasn't physical. It was mental. Oh. It it was not knowing that hey, I can go down to the block and just do power layups all game. Say what you want to about Carmelo Anthony. There's no way that Car- that Carmelo Anthony would have allowed for JJ Barea to cover him. There's no. That's, that's an impossibility. Carlisle would have had to call a timeout after three possessions because Carmelo would have got three dunks or layups, 
and they would have to change up that stupid plan, <laughs> you know? And I don't want to get into this Bash LeBron thing, and we're here to talk, we're talking about the Lakers. Um, well, let's pivot into the next thing, though, with LeBron. That, that kind of eats at his legacy, as far as I'm concerned, is that anytime he doesn't like his situation, he checks out. He's done it in Cleveland multiple times. You know, he, yes. he just, like, his defense in these situations becomes deplorable. You know, he just stands there. Like, right. like if it was any other player, people would be going nuts. He he just, it's like he actively loses the games. I mean, and, and I don't, I'm not making an accusation there. I'm just saying that when you're What's checking going? out, what, what else do you think is going to happen when you check out? You think things are going to get better? Like, <laughs> it's been, is that a I winning mean, strategy or what? Like, we've talked about the deterioration of his game. I think there's part of this is you know they've been now it's very much um, the basketball media has allowed for guys to have a pass. They do it with James Harden, they do it with Russell Westbrook, and they definitely do it with LeBron. They've allowed if you're putting up huge offensive numbers, this idea of well, you know, he's got a rest because of his usage. That's a bunch of BS. I mean, since since when has that been acceptable? You know, like, the, the, when has that been acceptable that you have to rest on defense? So what, whatever offensive numbers you just put up, you, if you're, you can give them right back. It doesn't even make any sense whatsoever if you're planning on winning. But, like, it's now become a thing where we go, oh, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's fine. He's got to rest because we need him so much on offense. Give me a break. The basketball media is a lot like any other form of media. It's, it's currying favor with the people that you cover and not appearing unsafe to people like at large. So it's even just the silence that, you know, like people don't like say you have nothing, you have no real desire to cover LeBron. You know, you're a top tier writer. You've got, you know, you just got your job with the athletic. You're like, I'm, you know, I, I want to keep everything in a nice and cool place. You know, if you're out there, you know, firing off what people would call hot takes, also known as accurate takes, you're, you know, you might not appear safe to team X or agent Y, you know, like you might, you just might call it how you see it. And that could jeopardize, you know, future interviews. So, so the media is, is it's fickle. It, it, you know, they'll, they'll call it how they see it when it applies or when it's, when it's safe for them to do so. And, you know, going up against LeBron out there, it just doesn't seem that safe, I think, for a lot of guys. So, yeah, they get the pass. And uh, so for Laker, the Lakers, it's, it's just funny because there's so many, I guess, targets here. You know, there's, there's Magic Johnson. Like, you, you made this team. Oh my God! What like, a nightmare! You, you, you basically—it's instead of coach by narrative, it's GM by narrative. Well, Rondo's a high IQ guy. Lance Stevenson, I like that guy. You know, and just like on down the list. I, yeah. I mean, they—they they have, you know, done a pretty poor job. Um, Palinka and him together has has been really, and it started early in the season when they when it leaked that. He was yelling at Luke Walton, you know, behind closed doors. And, you know, of course, that emboldened the LeBron camp to start leaking that, you know, that they would prefer a different coach. And in this kind of situation, I mean, unless you're just throwing the year, you cannot possibly cut a coach's legs out uh, from under. I think that's the one thing that that no one seems to have taken from Miami they had a structure. Spolster was their guy. They made it very clear that Spolster was going to be there. You know, he was there before LeBron, and he was going to be there after. And, and the Lakers, it really and doesn't LeBron make... pushed them. And he remember? pushed, he tried. You remember? Yeah. Like, I mean, there was a lot of friction there in, in the first year. And, right. and they and, stood up to it. And the funny thing is, with the Lakers, they, they've got them locked in. It's not like these one-year deals that Cleveland was signing on the second go-around. The, the, and, he, and he wanted to be in L.A. because of his family. And the Lakers still, for no reason, have acquiesced everything to him. And now they find themselves in this just phenomenal situation. <laughs> well, yeah, they're going to miss the playoffs. And, and, and the, the league thinks at large that now they're just trying to improve their pick. And 
they're now talking about <laughs> shutting LeBron down, which I think is just hilarious because of all the Anthony Davis stuff, you know, about tanking right. and whatever that nonsense is. Um, right. In this case, I don't think LeBron would be opposed to sitting out. And, and it's all pointing towards Luke Walton being gone. And now right. you're going to bring in whoever LeBron likes, Mark Jackson. And <laughs> I don't know if it's going to be Mark Jackson, but I think it would be hilarious if it was Mark Jackson. Um. And actually, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not really kidding about that. I think Mark Jackson. He applies. If you if you watch every game that he covers, he's definitely applying for the job. Sure, that's for sure, absolutely. And but there that's are sure. and and you got things like Draymond Green moving a clutch. Um, you know, it seems like they're getting ready for the move. Oh, well, I, I, I mean, that's just my read on the situation. Like, I, I didn't, I didn't and we'll Draymond talk. Green. I mean, we'll talk about uh, Golden State later, but to me, it seems like you're trying to get Anthony Davis. You know, you're trying to you're trying to make a super team in in LA, obviously. Um, but they're this year, this year they're they're basically dead, and that's um, it's it's just weird. LeBron's been in the finals for what eight years? Yeah, is that right? And, so uh, that's nine Something like that, whatever. Yeah, it's a, a, it's a lot. And, um, you know, the Lakers are going to probably clear the deck and, you know, try to rework this thing. Um, Mark Jackson, my point about that is, like, he's just got a lot of respect in NBA circles. So um, I, I wouldn't be shocked if, if his name... And he didn't... And he didn't do... I mean, he did some... He did do some good things in Golden State. So it's not like... Uh, it's not. It's not as though... There, there's worse coaches who have been bad coaches multiple times who have gotten a second shot. So I, 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 it's not the worst, you know, it's not a crazy thing that he would get the job. Um, but as far as, you know, free agent, I mean, this thing is a mess. When you look at the way that the guys on this team reacted after they tried to trade the whole team and looking at the, the free agents out there, I mean, I don't, I don't know if they're, I don't know who they're going to get. I don't know who in free agency, and I, and I think that, you know, you've talked a lot about, you know, this idea of the Pelicans being, a, you know, the football ownership and, you know, kind of being vindictive and not necessarily, you know, wanting to establish that we, we rule, not the players, because that's what happens in football. I, I don't know. This, this whole Anthony Davis thing, I, I think the Pelicans, even going into next season and this offseason, they're going to try everything they can to not trade into the Lakers. I, I truly believe that this that that'll it'll literally have to be the last possible situation. You know, if they could get one team that thinks they have, I mean, Boston obviously will be in the mix. But if there's anybody that thinks that if they can get Anthony Davis to them, and they could possibly sway him to staying, they're gonna the Pelicans are gonna be much more open. They'll think they'll take a worse deal from another team just to make just to not give them to the Lakers. That um. HBO show that Anthony Davis went on. I forget the name of LeBron's oh. show. It's like the, or something like that. The, the, it's it's the shot. The shot. The shot. The shot right? Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. It's, <laughs> what, I don't know where I was even going with that. Uh, so that was just to me is the most absurd thing in the world. And first of all, I, I did you get a chance to see it or any clips of no, it? I've never watched it. I, I saw a little bit of, I think the one with Odell Beckham, and I, it was just millionaires complaining about me millionaires are just the whole thing just turned me off so i didn't i've never watched a full episode <laughs> i i thought like whoever's managing anthony davis right now probably doesn't care what i think and they probably don't care what you think <laughs> but they do care what anthony davis thinks and they have completely this guy you know i remember we've talked about how you know, people like to portray him as a you know deer in the woods he doesn't know what he's doing <laughs> That's bullshit, but the uh, <laughs> he sounds like a guy that's been kind of you know convinced that he needs to take his career into his own hands and like all these talking points. Like he's he did appear more like a, a deer in the woods in this episode, but he he's also fully responsible for being that person. He's talking like a guy that has been sort of sold a bill of goods and has bought a bill of goods that this like he has to do this for some stupid reason of like proving himself to people or 
you know, taking back his career. And he's sitting there on the LeBron James show, you know, while trying to suit up for his home team. And it's it's a it's a bleep show, but you you kind of got to think they're doing everything they can to telegraph to the Celtics. I'm not really thrilled with the idea of coming there. I, I can't yeah. imagine like him not playing there and not being like willing at the end of the day, but he clearly wants to go to LA and that's the next act here that that's, yeah. um you know, and with Draymond, you know, kind of as an interesting third piece there. I mean, if you had a front court of Draymond green, LeBron James and Anthony Davis, it would be overrated as all hell defensively. <laughs> but it would headline right people would be like oh the defensive trio of these guys you can't beat them meanwhile and and maybe draymond really gets bent out of shape because i don't think you pay him if you're the warriors like i I think Um, i I would like to get your thoughts there we might skip ahead and, and and talk about them just a little bit here but like i i think it's gonna be i think if i think they're going to you know, I, I think if Kevin Durant walks, I think it's going to be more important for them to get their depth back. It's going to be more important for them to be to resemble the team that won the first championship. Because um, what Bray- Draymond brings, I mean, the back end of a max deal for Draymond is probably going to be pretty bad money for what the Warriors need from him defensively. So I would be more inclined to have, you know, Steph and Clay as my one and two and and just get that get the depth back. Get smart players who, you know, are offensively versatile, good defenders and um and go that route. Let's call an audible on the sh- the show order here. Let's yep. let's talk about the Warriors. They're yeah. I mean people are acting like they're I mean, hell, uh, what did Charles and Kenny took the Blazers last night to yeah, win it yeah. all? That's a little ridiculous, <laughs> but, but uh, I mean, Charles, Charles got it into the hooch before the show. I mean, yeah, that's right. that's all I can think of there. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a bit much. Uh, but but that's the thing is, I think a lot of teams are looking. I mean, we we talked about this in June about the potential for this team to have this conflict. And that would be the thing that could bring him down. And right. like, does anybody think Kevin Durant's staying in Golden State now? Like anybody? I, I don't. I, I think. I, I mean, I, I can't see if he if if he really thinks that Golden State's a place that he's he could play, continue to play at. He is a really weird guy because you, you've done everything possible to make he's, this. He's like Trump. Hey, don't don't collude with Russia, you know. And then he's like hanging out with Russia. Like, what the hell? He's doing everything he can to make it the weirdest, most uncomfortable situation possible. If he really wants to be there long term, so I I don't see it. I think. Um, I mean, I I'm pretty convinced, and which is even worse for the Lakers. I'm pretty convinced that uh, at the end of the day, uh, the Clippers are going to have uh, Durant and uh, Kawhi Leonard next year. Um, but That's, uh, uh, that, that, I have a tweet that I it just keeps building steam. It was a joke tweet from four years ago. <laughs> yeah, it was a long time ago. It was the one where um, everybody was talking about what a great meeting Durant had with the, the Clippers. And this was when uh, uh, Steve Ballmer was in his heyday of being really, really crazy, you know, right yeah. on the scene. And um, my tweet was a joke tweet, and it just goes around the internet. <laughs> it keeps going, and it keeps going. If he lands with the Clippers, I'm going to probably have to delete the tweet. I'm sad, <laughs> I'm sad to say, because people yes. will take it too seriously. And uh, it was a joke, people. It was a funny joke. Um, but so KD, I mean, this guy is, you know, sort of working on a second straight situation of saying, I can't make it work here. I, I'm going to yeah. go somewhere else. And I don't feel a lot of people, it doesn't feel like the Warriors are caring anymore to me. I mean, I'm sure they want to keep him if they can. Yeah. It's, it's, I, 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 
I agree. I, 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 I mean, I think you, the thing about them, though, I, you know, I think that they like Clay Thompson's really good. Clay, Clay Thompson has very quietly improved every aspect of his offensive game every single year, and he continues to improve on them every single year. And I think that they're fine. I think that they think when it's all said and done with them, if, with those as your, with Steph and him as your one and two, I think that they feel very strongly that they can fill in the holes and, 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 and be right there for a championship. I, I don't you know? think it's they, their style it. to chase either. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, I mean, to a certain extent, like they chased KD to get him. They, 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 I think if they, if you ask them today, like you can keep KD, do you want it or not? I think they say, yeah, obviously. Like, cause the three of KD, Steph and Clay, you know, that pretty much guarantees you are a contender, if not the favorite, you know, yeah. pretty much um, against anybody. So, but the, the idea that you go beyond that to overextend yourself to say, here's a guy that's clearly not happy with how things are, are run and right. the beefing between him and Draymond, it gets more complicated when you look at Draymond and you go, this, this is kind of like an Isaiah Thomas situation. Like your leverage occurred at the wrong time. You're, you, you, you're now, how old's Draymond? Like 28, I want to say. 28, 29. Yeah. yeah. He's up there, you know, he, for his years of service, he's up there. They're all that that Warriors core is all in that twenty-seven to thirty-one range. I mean, they're they're this is the time. They he don't have cannot, a you know. <laughs> he cannot jump anymore, really. You know, um, yeah. He's had the foot injury. There's weight issues, lateral quickness issues. In in the context of what he has been and what he still can be, I'm sure he can gear it up, and you know. He'll probably look pretty good in the playoffs, um, but that has got to be a concern. If you're trying to play Draymond, who now is afraid to shoot the three, too, you know, for the most part, and doesn't shoot do, anything. yeah, he doesn't do what he used to do out there. Um, yeah. I, I just as as a Warriors, are you trying to like lock that piece up, especially one that's been challenging, you know, around the organization, right. and so you have him you have kd who appears like i mean the clippers thing is is obviously on the table but new york is also probably you know a thing there um he dre and you got demarcus cousins (laughs) cousins breaking news does not know he's bad at defense (laughs) he has no idea (laughs) yeah (laughs) <laughs> I'm still gonna I'm still gonna fault I'm still gonna fault the coaches for the NBA coaches for, for leaving these guys out there on islands. But he is bad at a lot of a lot of aspects of defense. Uh, people are only talking about the screen and roll because that's what's most evident. And I think that's a coaching uh, problem um, around the league. But but he's bad at help. He's bad at um He's really bad at a lot of. He's just bad at defense all around. He's just not a good defender, and it's at all. This is what happens <laughs> when, when when uh, a headstrong we'll we'll call it headstrong a headstrong player gets into a bad organization and nobody checks him like at any step. If, if he landed in San Antonio, which apparently you know a lot of people think had he, he had him on a do not draft list, but like. If he had gone there or any other sane organization, they would have, you know, basically not played him until he got through a lot of that stuff. Right. Um, in Sacramento, he was just, you know, allowed to do whatever the hell he wanted. And, and that was that. Um, they, I don't think you can put him on the floor against a well-coached team. I, I mean, I think you can, you can put, I mean, let me, let me rephrase it. You can put him on the floor as a stopgap measure to eat some minutes, you know, to stretch the defense, you know, that he pretty much what he's good for now is, is setting screens and then, you know, popping. And, but if you're like defensively, you could just go at him over and over and over again. And, and I mean, and just ruin the integrity of your defense. I, I, I like I, when teams don't run at him, I'm just like wondering what's going on here. Um, so I mean, I, 
don't know. I've seen bad defenders on the floor in crucial times. I just think that he is just, you know, he doesn't, he's incapable mentally of grinding out a game. You know, I, I think that technically got the other day when uh, on Baines, you know, when Baines, he hit Baines with a clear offensive foul. Of course, Baines flopped to, to get the attention of the foul. And he, he stands over him and starts yelling at him. And then he pushes Tatum and get, and it's just like when, when he gets frustrated or when things aren't easy, he has no, he, he can't shift to grind out games. He can't say like, all right, I'm not shooting well. I'm just going to, I'm going to go get 15 boards. You know, he can't go, you know, he just, he just can't do it. And it's, it's something that, you know, if you're a team that's maybe looking at him in free agent, free agency, it's like, do you want this guy to be the best or second best player on your team? You know, because he, when the chips are down, he's going to fold and he's going to scream and yell. Because remember all the times he was in Sacramento was, oh, they're just such a bad organization. Oh, they didn't do this or that. Well, what's the, what's, what's the reason now for his mental craziness? You know, <laughs> he's got everything in the world. Well, and, and <laughs> to, that's coming to, to a head right now. Like you see a lot of talk on the sidelines with him like, hey, dude you're not in the right spot. And that's, um, you know, there's like pushback. You can see the pushback. Like he, he got after it with a reporter. He's like, you know, I would call the idea that I'm struggling defensive. Like I forget the word he used, but it was just basically like dumb. Like I call that idea dumb. He doesn't think that he's, he's the mark. I mean, he probably knows in his heart that he's the mark, but (laughs) But he's not ready to concede that. It's like he believes right. that everybody has defensive troubles. Why are you pointing my defensive troubles out? You're right. Right. <laughs> <laughs> everybody else is fouling. Why are you pointing out my fouls? Right. That's and, always and been it, a problem with him. Right. And, and, and the problem with the Warriors is like even if, you know, you could sacrifice like if there, if there was, okay, he's – Pretty awful at screen and roll. So, you know, but you were the words you could live with it, but he doesn't protect the rim. So you can't, it's almost like, a, you know, even if, the, if you're not going to go at him in screen and roll, if you're attacking the paint, he's not going to be there for you on that. So now you have a seven footer who, who can't protect the rim and he's kind of, it's kind of, and who shoots, and who's standing outside shooting threes. So it's, it's like the worst possible combo. All he's doing is shooting threes. He can't protect the rim, and he's a terrible screen and roll defender. So it's like, you know, there. This I'm wondering as is because you could see him just on the sidelines, just steaming. You know, in some of these games where you know he hasn't played the last six seven minutes. I mean, just steaming. You know, and you just wonder as you start to move on and as they move through the playoffs. You know. What what is this going to mean in tight situations? Like, what's he going to be for the huddle, for the locker room? You know, how much more unpleasantness is there going to be simply because he feels like he's getting picked on by the media, picked on by Kerr, picked on by Draymond? You know, you know he's he, he's 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 got a he's got a long memory, and he thinks everyone's out to get him. The the finger pointing is the thing. So like you know, and we're gonna pivot into Houston here, but like. There, when the chips are down, and we saw this with like Houston had no business competing with the Warriors last year. I mean, really, at the end of the day, and people say, "Oh, well, Houston played well." No, they just exploited the same stupid idea over and over again, and the Warriors ran with the same stupid idea over and over again. And I don't understand how like we have to like put elevate the Rockets to some level that they don't sit at to ignore the fact that. KD almost handed the damn series over because he wasn't able to in between the ears and on the sidelines, you know, that, that, that change that needed to take place. They weren't able to communicate that change because in KD's mind, there was no problem. You know, the problem was, is that he wasn't getting enough X, Y, Z shots, calls, you know, that wasn't working out his way and he just kept going at it. So now you've got KD, you know, might be looking at this as his last go around. You got right. Draymond who's thinking I might not be here in a couple right. years. 
You got Cousins, who is just probably got whatever rage music he's playing in his head or the slow jams that you know he goes to when he's really, really upset. I mean, you got three guys <laughs> in a tight series. So now you got you got Houston, who's been there, you know. And so let me just sort of balance out what I just previously said. I'm not sitting here saying Houston's not good. I'm sitting here saying that last year they were, they, 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 they shouldn't have been in that particular series, but they come back another year under their belt with Chris Paul, who is kind of healthy right now. So shocker, he's playing well. Um, their team is a little bit better maybe than last year. And, and I and I say that question markish because, you know, you, you don't have Trevor Ariza. You know, he's a really special piece against the Warriors. Um, but to me, it feels like guys know their roles. Um, it, it, it just feels like they're a little bit more. They're clicking a little bit better. Am I right yeah. on that? I mean, like I, I, I think particularly against like this, particularly against the Warriors. Like if I'm the Warriors. They're the last team I want to see. I re- I think that the they fully believe that they're better than the Warriors. PJ Tucker is really good at getting into KD's ribs and making him uncomfortable and struggle. And then of course KD compounds it by shooting even worse shots when he's already struggling. They don't seem to be able to cover Eric Gordon. And if Eric Gordon can give you any defensive reason to leave him out there. That's a real problem for the Warriors. They can't cover him. Um, DeMarcus Cousins could literally disappear in that series because if I'm Clint Capella, I am rim running like my life depends on it. Every time I see DeMarcus Cousins in the game, I am just sprinting down the court. And, you know, that's going to cause problems for, you know, Steph and, you know, uh, uh, Dream, uh, not excuse me, and Clay who are going to have to take that center in the open court and probably give uh, stupid fouls that they don't want to give, and they need all the fouls they, they, they can possibly have for James Harden. I, it's just really and, – and even like a guy like um, you know Rivers, he's got kind of the insane kind of confidence that you need to play a team like the Warriors offensively. Like he's gonna go at them. He's never he's never gonna be a guy that's just going to sit by on the sidelines when his number is called. He's going to go at it with all the confidence in the world. And I, I just they have a lot to prove. Just, these rockets, a, and I, yeah. And I just don't. I just don't. I haven't seen this year the Warriors put together a game against them that I that I feel has swayed any of that Rockets confidence. So like I, I and I, I certainly, if I'm, if I'm Steve Kerr, I don't want to see the Rockets at all, you know, at any point in the playoffs. Um, they have... If I was the Rockets, I want to be, I want to, I want to play the Warriors as early as possible. Everyone's like, yeah, if they get the, the uh, if they get the, the three seed, they won't, uh, they won't play them to the finals. I don't trust Chris Paul. I want the Warriors in the second round if I can. Right. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, want them, I want them as soon as possible. <laughs> you know, who cares if you don't have the, you don't say, oh, well, they didn't make it to the Western Conference. It's going to go through Golden State anyway. Get what, them early and try and take them down. One thing that I think that also works in their favor is they have thinkers on their team. Chris Paul, thinker. James Harden, thinker. P.J. Tucker, thinker. You know, like they can press on the weaknesses as they see them and really start to exploit them. And uh, I, I, so, yeah, I think going early would be better. I think that um, I actually wonder about OKC, you know, possibly being somebody that could make things interesting against them as well with the way that Paul George is playing. I like their balance. I mean, Steven Adams in a series like that could just be just brutal. You know, and yep. and I don't think that the Warriors can make Stephen Adams pay, you know, for being big, the way right. that um, you know you would think that that might happen in the past. So it's it's a tough time for the Warriors, and um, I, and, and those OKC man, it, it ain't easy. They got they got a lot of guys that are going to meet you at the rim. 
Like there is well, mean, Jeremy he, Grant he, is, you, is got, you got Noel, you got Steve Adams getting, getting to the rim is just not very easy against them. And they, they're, they're, they're interesting. They, they turn a lot of teams into bad jump shooting teams. They really do. Well, and if you sell out on Stephen clay now, and, and this has been the strategy we've, we've outlined at least, I, I mean, I think we've outlined the strategy you turn the, the warriors into Kevin, Kevin Durant's show, let him get his and then shut off Stephen clay. Draymond's not going to hurt you, you know, right. put the ball into Marcus cousins hands. Anything yeah. to break the flow up. Steph is the, the guy. I mean, you, you, when Steph gets going, then it, then it all just sort of deteriorates from there. So, I mean, it's, it's really interesting with, you know, the, the, I, I like this idea that at the, this late stage that, you know, everybody you know, complains about the NBA being just this done deal. And, and there are numbers even. I think the numbers that came out of the Sloan Conference talking about how TV ratings are a tiny bit down, ticket sales are a tiny bit down. I think this idea that the Warriors – we're just so far ahead of everybody else has taken a little bit of the air out of everything, but late here, late, we're going to yeah. see possibly, you know, the end of an, an era really. Cause if, if KD goes, you know, you're, you're really starting a little bit from scratch if you're the Warriors. And the depth issue is huge. I mean, I mean, uh, Livingston is a shell of who he was the last uh, few seasons. I mean, he, he's basically non-existent and that's a huge deal from what he was giving them defensively and what he does as far as stemming stupid play of the Warriors. You know, he's usually the guy that comes in and kind of writes the ship. You know, Quinn Cook is not that replacement for him. You know, uh, that, that depth is really, really an issue for them. Yeah, Ken, Quinn Cook's also a KD guy. So, I mean... Yeah. It's it's just funny how teams get built and, and shaped. Nothing against Quinn Cook, um, you know, and he's had some good good moments. Um, right. But but what you're looking for is that that the Sean Livingston of the past was sort of like this embarrassment of riches that the Warriors right. could bring to the table. And if you had any thoughts about beating them through their bench, it just sort of got laughed off with, right. with that group. Right. Um, and then Andrew Bogut getting brought in. Um, that's hilarious on the DeMarcus Cousins front. Those two jawing at each other was <laughs> that was a, a game within a game right there. And I yeah. mean, Bogut was in his head. So yeah. I, what, that, what are we doing is, here? If if you know any, I mean, obviously the Warriors are a smart organization that's gonna you know have a a, a strong front on what. They, but to bring in to bring in Bogut. If there was ever a, a sign that we think there's a lot going wrong here, that that's the that's it. I mean, that is. I mean, that, and it's not a knock on Bogut. I like Bogut, um, but and I, and I think that that's another thing that you know down the. How surprised you think he was to get a phone call? <laughs> you know, I mean, could you imagine down the stretch of games? Because you think about whatever that what you lose offensively or, or scoring wise from DeMarcus. He's not really in those situations anyway. So yes, he's a, he's a better three point shooter, but you don't want him out there shooting three. Bogut is a much better passer in this, in this system. He's a much better screen setter. I mean, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting when, when we see him, how in shape he is, because there's going to be some stretches down. There's, I, I, I mean, I can't imagine that Steve Kerr, Bogut is playing, the way he is capable of playing, you're and he protects the rim. You're gonna see Steve Kerr look to Bogut in those in those tough situations I, I, I kinda, over Demarcus. Yeah, that's kind of where this seems <laughs> I mean, like it's heading. And then you know there'll be an injury, right? You know they'll call it an injury, and then you know Cousins will be out, and he'll be upset, and there'll be plenty of sideline shots of him upset. And right. then you've got just this sort of like. It's almost like the Warriors are trying to retake back the locker room, even with, you know, okay, we got this drama here with KD. You know, Demarcus is, is struggling. You know, let's bring a guy in from the old days and and let's right. try to bring this back. And Steph and Clay have put up with quite a bit, I would say. Yeah. You know, they, they're probably pretty tired of it. To to I mean, you you bring a guy in 
you know, you get him some championships. He gets the M- This is the stuff we talked about over the summer, too. He gets the MVP awards in those final series under sort of like, to me, I, I, I think you said one you were cool with. I probably was cool with the same one. But the second one, I was like, what are we doing here? Um, yeah. Well, I think Steph lost that one. The, the second Steph, one? Steph lost that. He had it, and then he had that really bad game. Um, it, but, but, but it was like kind of it, pointless. It was like, you know, they, they, they had no chance of losing. So we were, I, I, to me, I thought yeah. Steph gets the second one. <laughs> but they're, they're just, um, you know, they've, they've watched this guy get two rings and get two MVPs. And now he, yeah, he complain and, and yell at the media. And, you know, I'm sure that they don't care too much about that, but like just this pall of negativity and you can't stand up and be like, these are my boys. Like we're, we're, I'm not even thinking about free agency, you know, right. all, all the hedging. Right. It's yeah. You know, I think they know the story and they're pretty much like, Hey, this is cool. We can all play through this, but you know, like it's got to stop, you know, this, yeah. the chaos has to stop. So they're going to bring in Andrew Bogut and that'll be fun. We got 10 minutes for the Celtics here. Um, so Gordon Hayward, he had a big kind of Butler-esque shot against the Kings to essentially knock their playoff hopes out. Right. Um, I'm not ready to jump on the bandwagon yet, but, but him being oh. good is, is certainly a big deal for them because he hasn't been good all year. Right. Um, you know, he's got the big contract, obviously. I don't think that matters right now. I think that they're going to play whoever they think is going to win games. Kyrie... Um, I mean, we've, we've talked about this. He's, he's the guy, he's telling the young guys how it is, but he's not walking the walk. Right. <laughs> so um, can they do anything with this? Uh, I, think it, it, I think it just gives more strength to Danny Ainge, you know, on the, on the long term. If Gordon Hayward can continue, I mean, obviously these, he's had two really good games. But even just being, he doesn't have to have these kind of games. But he has to be able to show that he can do this kind of stuff. If he can continue this through this the rest of the season, just be the Gordon Hayward of old, regardless of the point totals, and just like be efficient, be able to score from anywhere on the floor. If you've got a bad defender on him, go by him, that kind of thing. I think it just it just gives Danny Ainge more options. You know, I think that this Kyrie thing. You know they're they're like I think on the season what are they they're they're way over five hundred without him, I mean it's it's almost a I mean they're 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 worlds better defensively and they really the offensive flow everything is better um, when he's not on the floor, so I, I'm I really think that Hayward coming back is really going to kind of move. Danny Ainge further and further away from bringing back Kyrie. You know, that, that's just my, that's just my opinion. Um, I think that Tatum's growth is fine. I mean, look, I mean, look at Jalen Rose over the, excuse me, not Jalen Rose, Jalen Brown over the last, you know, 10, 12 games. I mean, this is the guy who we thought we were going to see. Ghost of stat boy just texted the show. 10 and two without Kyrie Irving. Yeah. 10 and two. 10 and 2. 10 and 2 and you know I mean they were in the in, in the Eastern Conference Finals last year without him. So you know I I think that I, we'll see what happens. I think if they could play like this I, I would I would put them as my probably my favorites to come out of the East. Um I don't trust the the I don't know about the uh the trade. I think they for Toronto, I think they're a little bit worse. And I and I don't and I don't know about the Bucks as far as having enough uh, firepower. Um, yeah, but, the Bucks uh, are the trendy team right now, and right. a lot of that comes down to Giannis is so damn likable that yeah, I mean people are really really excited about the Bucks. Bledsoe's playing a lot better. I mean Bledsoe's playing so well. I think that you know down the stretch, I think he kind of relishes in that kind of situation too. Um, Did you hear the quote from Chris Middleton? I thought that was really interesting. You know, Middleton's had a tough year. He's, uh I mean, fantasy owners are sitting here just like 
punching themselves in the face because he's been the most consistent player of, you know, like the last three years. I mean, his numbers just don't wiggle at all. Goes to Milwaukee, or pardon me, Bud, Bud goes to Milwaukee and has a conversation with him before the year. It's like, hey, you're not going to get as many shots. You're not going to get as many stats. Like, it just, this is how we're going to use you. It's going to be different. And Middleton probably wasn't thrilled, probably wasn't um, even like, I'm sure he expressed his frustration. There was the game that he got benched. I think that might have been the the peak of his frustration, and he struggled this year. You know, as a result, he, he um, you know, when Bledsoe got the extension, you know, I think a lot of people looked at Middleton and thought, "Is this like the weight? You know, are are you like both unhappy and a little bit of out of shape? You know, like what's really going on here?" But he he fired off a quote that was really nice. He was like, "We have a no assholes rule around here." Like, if you're an asshole, we just tell you to leave. You know, that was the gist of his quote. And, you know, for a guy who's really had a rough year, um, you know, yeah. relatively speaking, of course, he to be, to be able to, like, have that perspective really speaks about how healthy that team is. And Sam Amick of The Athletic, great, the great venerable Sam Amick, had um, a story about the joy in Milwaukee and about kind of like how that makes them title contenders and... So yeah, I mean they've got that 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 mojo going. Um, yeah. Toronto doesn't really, do they? I mean Kawhi Leonard's taking games off whenever uh, he well pleases. Yeah, I, I think that I don't know. I just there's not a second guy there. I thought you know Mark was gonna help a lot more. Uh, he really hasn't um, offensively and defensively. He just hasn't. Um, and then they lost so much length. You know, in that trade as well, um, I think that it would, it's just going to take a two superhero of a, um, of a performance to 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 for for uh, them from Kawhi for them to win um, consistently in the playoffs. Uh, and Milwaukee's they're 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 good. I mean, I, I think those are the two. I mean, Celtics. I think the Celtics and, and Milwaukee. You know, considering Gordon Hayward continues to play well, um, I think those are going to be the teams. I just don't. I think that, that Milwaukee's probably a year away, and another solid or, uh, bench player or two. But they're close. They're 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 closer, I think, than than and people are doing. People are kind of trendy picking them, but I don't think they're really putting much into it. But they're they're close. They really are. It's tight. I, I mean, that's I look at the, the four teams in in the East, and you know Philly has played pretty well, you know now. Um, but you've got Joel Embiid on the sideline because, guess what? Joel Embiid decides when he plays, and he played through a knee injury through you know for like a good month, a knee and a back injury, and looked like me. When, if I ever have to go to the ground to pick anything up, like I walk, I like get up like the oldest man that's ever lived on planet Earth. That's how Joel Embiid looks out there and they let him play through it and now he's taking a week and probably another week off uh after that so um you know you don't know about his health but they all four look good in their own respective ways i'm gonna have a hard time making a pick i'll say that it's very very close you you gotta figure uh you gotta figure butler's gone right it sure seems like it and it sure seems like you know, there, there could be multiple landing spots that you can envision. Yeah, I mean, like, because, you know, he might he may be better at every single aspect of basketball than Tobias Harris. But who, who do you want? <laughs> who do you want over the course of the season? Well, Tobias uh, is so young, too. Like, Yeah, that's... I mean, he's young, and this is a guy that, you know, he, he, was, he was a little fluffy at times. It's clicked how important it is for him to be with his body. He could do everything offensively, and he's he's good to have in a locker room. He doesn't care if he gets you know ten shots one game or or nineteen the next. It's you know you're not gonna you he's know like he's best just friends with Bobin. I mean that that's really all you need to know. They're they're hilarious, but yeah, I, I mean I just they are the this I think that the that Butler is definitely going to be in the in free agency <laughs> well, <laughs> finding they, a new. I mean, and they've got interesting decisions like. Ben Simmons is such a weird basketball player. You know, it, it's yeah. like there's it's a lot of variance in like kind of like even when I when I just go pros and cons, you know, like the pros are he could be this game-changing player, the cons are obviously he can't shoot and then 
do you want all that usage out of a you know out of a player who in the playoffs you know teams can just zone you up and now what you know so yeah. uh, it's uh, really intriguing decisions that you got to make there um, if you're Philly there'll be no shortage of things to talk about during the off season going to be a, a good free agency it'll be a good playoff season i think and i don't think we were expecting that at the beginning of the year and on yeah. that note that'll be it for the cause and brew show you can find us online at www.hoop-ball.com thank you to our sponsor hawaiian isles kona coffee powering hoop ball for four months now and uh we are all better for it um Indeed. you can follow us on facebook facebook.com slash koz and show cause i'm like stepping all over you what do you got to say <laughs> oh, nothing, no. no, just, no. <laughs> nothing, nothing at all. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just hanging my head in shame about my, uh, my, um, my, my Facebook uh, posts. So that's all. Yeah, you know, cause you need to get out there and, and and do what you were doing before, which was just a constant onslaught of onion tweets, as, as if like the world got sane. Is that what happened, cause? Yeah, I <laughs> we we all got sane and no longer things are funny and and, and fun to point out. No, no, I, I know, I know, I'm, I'm I, I, I can do better. I well, can do better. Uh, that's the first step. Another one's in the books, folks. Peace.